1: a harsh reality of this life no matter what it's going to be hard anyways So you might as well choose the hard that suits your self-development, your end game fulfillment, what your desired outcome as a human is, because it's a beautiful thing that we have to continually push through because it's going to get harder, especially as you level up. But life is going to be challenging no matter which route you take. So you can either sit there and dwell on it, or you can rise up and you can do something about it. What is happening? Welcome back to your favorite podcast, the Great Podcast. I'm Michelle Mahaley, and today I have a three-step formula for you to trick your brain and your body into loving the hard things. This message was as short, concise as possible, and you are going to love it. By the end of this show, you're going to know exactly what you need to do and understand why your life is going to be determined by the amount of hard things you can do, get ready. I'll see you inside. For the last 10 years of competitive bodybuilding, of fitness coaching, building out together more, growing the Grower Diet Podcast, it never ceases to amaze me how many times you get a comment or whatever the case may be that someone thinks, This had to be so easy for you. You had to come from a place where this was always your life. You're always working out. You're always in the gym. Your family's probably super healthy, all this stuff. No, I'm the only person in my family, even to this day, I'm the only person in my family that even has a gym membership. That's including my cousins. That's including uh, anyone anywhere. No one else goes to the gym. No one else does this. And how the heck the apple fell off of the tree and rolled all the way downhill into the pond and was taken downstream makes absolutely no sense. Well, I guess a pond doesn't really have a stream, does it? So um, maybe a creek would be a little bit more suited there. But anyways, somehow this became something that was so addicting for me because My mind was able to master loving and embracing the hard things. And by the end of this show, you're going to understand how you can leverage the physical hard things into the emotional, maybe the professional, the spiritual and the mental hard things as well, which that took me way longer to learn than any of the physical stuff. You see, when I was in high school, man, I was like the star athlete that had the massive ego that gave half -half effort because I was just a star only in my area and in an environment that no one else was really that good. So I thought that I was the guy. I got recruited for track. I'm going on these visits. These coaches are rolling out the carpet for me. And man, it is just everything is fine well and dandy and you're told how great you are and you're pumped up and you're a 17 year old high school senior and everything just sounds glorious the whole world's being promising you're like you know what i'm gonna go to the olympics i've got this forever and i'm so special and i'm this and i'm that and i'm watching athletes ahead of me it's like i'm gonna catch them and i'm gonna be that person but when you're in an environment that does not prepare you for what comes next. It's a rude awakening when you get there. And I know that you guys are probably sick of me talking about it at this point, but if your environment is not pushing you right now, you are going to get to a place where you have the experience that I had. But before we get to that experience, I was constantly playing video games. I was just drinking alcohol, drinking beer, eating gummy bears. You guys know the Speedway gas stations. They have those frozen Slurpees. I would get one of the mega ones or the large ones in the styrofoam cup, 64 ounces. Uh, The red one, I think it's cherry. A bag of Haribo gummy bears. And I'm just crushing these playing Call of Duty Modern Warfare 2. By the way, I was ranked top 10,000 in the world at one point. That might not seem super crazy for people that have never played that game, but I was pretty good at that. And I was like, well, dang, I'm good at everything. I'm good at video games. I'm good at getting girls. And I'm good at running track. And man, this life is easy. I've got this figured out. And then I got a DUI. <laughs> yeah, that was tough. Officer Bowling. I was at a little house party. I hadn't even drank for a few hours. I was 19. I was home for the summer. I was pretty sad because I went away to college. I had a terrible experience. I all of a sudden wasn't getting girls. No one knew who I was. I didn't know how to make friends. I was completely lost and confused, and I absolutely sucked my freshman year of track. I didn't have mental support from the coaches that I really needed to be able to have any sort of self-belief. You just, you'd just you go to practice. You'd practice hard. There wasn't any like one-on-one concerted effort. I mean, my coach only had like 10, 15 people in his group. And now like as a coach myself, and this is at University of Cincinnati, this is division one, we're in the Big East Conference. And now look at myself. I, I only work with 50 athletes at a time now. And every single one of those athletes gets one-on-one time with me every single week. And I didn't even get that with my coach who only had 10, 15 people. (laughs) It was, it was pretty pathetic effort, but maybe things have changed now, but there wasn't any form of self-belief. And so I stopped believing in myself and I stopped practicing hard and I stopped having any sort of standard. I would just play video games and my grades weren't very good. And school came to an end and I went back to Springfield, Ohio and I was hanging out with the people I was hanging out with in high school, which aren't people that are doing much of anything uh, at the time. And I hope that they're all doing amazing now, but they just weren't the environment I needed to be around to be pushed. Drinking at a house party, driving home two in the morning. All of a sudden there's some lights flick up behind you. Just got some McDonald's on the way home. These lights flick up, pull over, ask me if I've been drinking. And I was like, Yep, I have been. It hasn't been for a few hours, but I have been. He wants to give me a field sobriety test, all that stuff. At the time, I'm just like, well, dude, I did this to myself. Like, I deserve this. So, sure, you know, go ahead and do it. Taken into jail. Tough night. Tough night. Called my mom, told her what happened. She told me she'd get me in the morning. She was pissed. Came and got me in the morning. It was really nice to be able to see her and get out of jail, but then, well, it was nice to see her till it wasn't. <laughs> uh, yeah, the tune quickly changed when we got in the car and we were driving home. And she starts explaining some of the repercussions. And uh, I had to call my track coach, tell him. And I mean, I just came off of a shitty performance in my freshman year. So I thought for sure I was going to get kicked off for that. Fortunately, I didn't. And I had to call my grandpa, and I had to tell my grandpa what happened. And that was absolutely brutal. Um, he was, the, the disappointment. And at that point, I realized I'm not going down a very good path in life. And without noticing consciously at the time that happened. That's why I started training because I didn't want to waste all the ability that I had. I was so bored with everything going on because I didn't have enough stimulation in my life in terms of learning, emotional, emotionally being pushed, physically being challenged. I didn't have a lot of that going on. And I loved working out, but at this point, it was to relieve my frustrations. And then, you know, you start seeing the physical results. You go back to college and everyone's like, dang, you had a great off season. I'm like, yeah, dude, I got arrested for a DUI. I was fortunate that the, the judge, her son ran track against me. I was an idol for him. And she let me off easy. Cause she told me, she said the worst man. Fuck, the worst repercussion you can have is that you let my son down and let your mom down. Yeah, that was tough. That changed me. That changed me. So you go back to track terrible sophomore year. And at this point, I realize I just suck at track <laughs> and that's okay. Sometimes you just suck at things and you're not meant to do those. And I'm seeing the physical results of this training and I'm making this improvement. And, and I, I was such a skinny dude. I was six foot, I was 155 pounds, but I'm training and I'm eating and I'm doing the thing. And I have a conversation with coach and he's like, you know what do you like to do and I was like I like train I want to be a bodybuilder and he was like well you should probably do that because you can't run track and at that point I realized my track career was done and you leave track when your whole identity for your entire life has been being a part of a team and having this team component in one day at 19 years old it's just stripped away from you so what do I do all right, you guys. So I don't run paid ads and stuff on my show because, um, well, quite frank, I'm not super lying with anybody, but also I just love the flow of how the Grow It I podcast goes. So how you can give back to me, if you could share this, wherever you share stuff, it could be LinkedIn, it could be Instagram, it could be Twitter, and you just tag the Grow It I page, tag me in it if you would like to that would help me so much as I continue to grow this show into eventually doing it America tour in 2024 and try to come to a city near you to have some amazing guests on. I appreciate it a ton. Now let's get back to the show. Well, I went to LA fitness. I got a job as a personal trainer. I interned with the UC basketball team with St. Xavier high school football team. And I started building my career. I I shuttled all of my energy into helping other people. And obviously that ended up being an amazing thing to do, but I had to rebuild my self-belief. I was at rock bottom. I was just told for the first time I wasn't good enough. I still had some PTSD that I was experiencing, and I say that lightly from the DUI. I was terrified to even drive anywhere. I obviously was not drinking alcohol. I I was in a really rough position and I wasn't happy in life whatsoever. I think looking back at this point, I didn't realize what happiness was because any of the happiness that I felt was fleeting as it was all just based off of a sports performance or getting the next chick or whatever the case may be. So I had to rebuild my self-belief. And at the time, I didn't even realize that's what I was doing. But I remember I would just get on the Stairmaster at the end of a work session when I trained four or five uh, clients. At that time, they were clients. They definitely weren't athletes. And I would just go nuts on it. I'd put it level 14, level 15, level 16 until I can't physically stand it anymore. At the time, I realized I was just grinding it out. I was just grinding out, I was relieving frustrations. I would train two or three times a day. I would do 30, 40 work sets a day. It was insane what my 19-year-old body could handle. And I would end the day with that Stairmaster. I'd go for runs, I would do the thing. But to instill self-belief in you, there's a point of your life that you just gotta grind it out and you've just gotta get nasty with it. You just, you have to show up for you when the motivation's low and you don't feel well when you're feeling emotionally sorry for yourself and you've got to show up and you just got to ball out. It's the only option I had. So there's people that don't love grind culture. I understand that. I get that. That's okay. But grinding it out has a place. Relying on willpower has a place. The extreme discipline has a time and a place that is only going to serve every single one of us. But the only way that we get to a place where we are in a foolproof method of continual improvement is by rewiring your brain to love the hard things. Because right now in this moment, as you listen to this podcast, what you are avoiding the hardest is what you need to focus on the most. And if you focus on one thing to change, there would be a correlation to the rest of your life. That one thing, last night during the TM client Zoom call, this woman shared with us that every single Wednesday night, she started doing the laundry. And every single Wednesday night, no matter how much she does, no matter how much laundry there is. She does the laundry. And she said on the call last night to the whole team that was on that has started transpiring into other areas of her life. Because if you just focus on one thing to change and you become so disciplined and regimented in that one thing, then you are going to start identifying other areas that you must change. And it's going to be easier because you have the willpower practice from this one little thing that starts snowballing into the rest of your life. Doing the laundry is only a positive thing. Making your bed in the morning is only a positive thing. Having a bedtime that you strictly follow is only a positive thing. Showing up to the gym is only a positive thing. But too many people try to change too many things at one time. Back when we were still Team Mahaley, I think this is how... we would have a, a failure rate amongst clients because it was just standard bodybuilding and fitness coaching. You come in, you get a protocol, you're going to check in once a week, maybe you'll check in twice a week. Obviously, we communicate with our athletes more than other people because we're looking at training videos, we're asking follow up questions, yada yada. But now we shifted what our service was, which is why Together More is much more aligned. And I just did a protocol with somebody today, a new athlete. Her name is Tiffany. She's going to be fantastic here, where I took elements of the things she was already doing. I brought it into what I'm trying to do with her here today, and I find a midway point where we can have her following protocols, not stressing about all of this massive change that's happening at one time. We can ensure that she's on track and on plan because we're implementing things that maybe I don't love or maybe aren't part of a typical plan for me, but we brought it in today. We're implementing. And then over time, we're going to take feedback. We're going to see what works for her. And, Maybe she gets fully shifted off of the things I don't love and fully into the things I do love. But if you just bring somebody in who has no structure or who has extreme structure, but on a completely polar opposite plan of what you believe in and you change all these things at one time, their failure rate is going to be immense. And this is why people quit, not fitness coaching. This is just why people quit because you're looking and you're like, okay, I'm going to stop smoking. I'm going to stop drinking. I'm going to stop staying up too late. I'm going to stop this and that. And you know, you're not, no, you're not. You start with one. You start with one that you have to go. I'm not drinking. Okay. Do it for a month and then you do the next one. In the book, The Paradox of Choice by Barry Schwartz, he states that having more options lead to anxiety, indecision, dissatisfaction, because too many choices can overwhelm an individual, making it harder to make decisions, thus reducing overall happiness. This is the whole thing that I've discussed previously about my wardrobe. I have one type of sock that I wear. I have one brand of underwear that I wear. I have black shorts and then I have colored shorts in my closet. I have black shirts in a line. I have white shirts in a line. I have my nice going out shirts in another area of my closet. I have my shoes segmented. And my decision-making process every single morning or even when I go out for a nice dinner like I am this evening is so streamlined and easy that there's no decision fatigue because when you have a lot of decisions to make, it reduces your overall happiness. So if you simplify the choices by simply focusing on what matters, this enhances quality of life and contentment in a world of abundant options. Again, that's stated by Barry Schwartz in the, the book, the paradox of choice if I just changed everything all at once, I'm like, you know what? You're going to stop drinking. You're gonna start taking school seriously. Um, yeah, uh, you're going to stop focusing on girls. You're going to work out every single day. You're going to do all. I never would have ever, ever would have succeeded. You focus on one thing and then you get good at that thing. And then you overload in that thing over time. And then when your systems are able to handle another thing, you simply make the change. Now, Even when your efforts are not precise, consistency yields results. I posted an Instagram today, it's January 25th, and somebody commented on it and said, even if you are just simply consistent when your work isn't good, you're still going to make progress. And that is the truest thing of all time. Consistency matters more than nearly anything else. But how can you make sure you're being precise? Well, find good role models. There's power in proximity. If you look up to somebody, if you resonate with somebody, reach out to them and see what it takes to work with them one-on-one. Maybe it's fitness coaching. Maybe it's mentorship. Maybe it's business coaching. Maybe you can intern for them and provide value to their life. But how close can you interact with somebody? One to one. There is power in proximity. And in the journey to doing hard things, you must have running mates and mentors. If you don't, then you will fail. You must have running mates that is your environment. These are your friends. These are the messages that are being sent to your mind. These are the conversations that you are having. These are the people directly around you who have great influence on you. And you must have mentors. This is somebody who is guiding you on that path. And when you have a powerful mentor and you are surrounded by a group of like-minded individuals, you are going to notice that your entire environment starts elevating in the manner of which that mentor is trying to guide you. And this is is extremely important for growth of an entire ecosystem that you've cultivated and one that I am unbelievably fortunate to have here with me in Austin. But when the entire group can move forward as a secular unit, it really becomes beautiful. And all that does is it pushes you even further as well. So you show me the people that you spend the most time with, you show me the people that you consider a mentor, and I can tell your future right away. All right, Justin, so what's the formula for change? Well, step one is showing up. It's a prerequisite to achieving anything in life. If you're not in the arena, you can't be a player. So if you don't show up to the gym, you can't change. If you don't pull the clothes out of the dryer, then you're not going to do the laundry. You've got to show up. And then step two, the only thing left to do is to do the work. And you're going to be like, I don't know what work to do. And that's amazing. That's great. Because messy action is still action. And it's far greater than inaction. There's nothing worse than inaction because you are literally dying and wasting time away with inaction in hell. You're at this point of the podcast because you've wasted time. Speaking myself as well with simply being inactive. Messy action is better than none. Be okay and have the ego dissolution to look like a beginner. And then step three, you find where you can improve. I started this show in March of 2020. So... The four-year anniversary is coming up very soon. And when I started, I would listen to the show, and I wouldn't even be able to make it through a full episode because I was like, that is absolutely terrible. Scott and I recorded the first episode three times before we actually launched it because it was so bad. And on every single show still to this day, I track watch times, I track hot days to post, I listen back to every single episode, including this one, before you guys are even going to hear it. I take notes and... Now I've hired professionals. I have a speech coach who's helping me get ready for my live speeches this year before we transition into the podcast work. It takes that level of commitment to become really fucking good at something. If you think you're just going to luck into it and practice away and one day end up being good, I mean, maybe you do, but it's going to take you a hell of a lot longer than having actual mentors help guide you and get you to that place who know the exact route that you need to take. So what can you do? Well, I leave you with this. Your life outcome is going to be determined by the amount of hard things that you do. I agree with Dr. Kuberman when he says you should do something hard first thing in the morning. I think it should be physical exercise. I wake up. I eat my oatmeal, my banana, and my whey. I drive to the gym, listen to a podcast. I get to the gym, and I push the sled on the turf down and back eight times down and back this week. Next week, it'll be nine. The following week, it'll be 10. I'm going to continually overload that until it's just absolutely ridiculous and taking too much time. Because it's absolutely brutal. And I know when I get to re- like round four or five, I'm like, dude, I hate doing this. I don't love doing it. But what I love is my heart rate's bursting. I'm sweating. Other people are like, damn, that guy's pushing a sled this early in the morning. That's fucking hard because they're not gonna come over and do it. My legs hurt. It's on fire. I don't love the art of pushing the sled. I love the result that I get from doing the hardest thing in my day first thing in the morning. And the rest of my day is easy. I have six hours of Zoom calls. Cool. I've got 40 athlete check-ins like I got to do on Tuesday. Cool. Rest of the days easy after that. Your life's determined by the amount of hard things that you do. Number one, number two, do not expect to change your life immediately. I hired six new coaches on the TM staff, Danielle and Kelly, the head coaches of the TM staff for getting them geared up and ready to take the world on. And we tell every single one of them, when you come into our process, you will not see results for two months. It's not going to happen, but what you will do is once you get a little bit of momentum going, you're gonna notice that the more and more and more you push behind that momentum, the greater the end outcome is going to be and the faster it's gonna get to you. And what they want is a bunch of people to help and work with. So the more content you post, the more conversations you have, the more value you add to the group and the more people that your message reaches, the more people you are going to be able to grow with. a harsh reality of this life no matter what it's going to be hard anyways so you might as well choose the hard that suits your self-development your end game fulfillment what your desired outcome as a human is because it's a beautiful thing that we have to continually push through because it's going to get harder especially as you level up but life is going to be challenging no matter which route you take. So you can either sit there and dwell on it or you can rise up and you can do something about it. And I know if you're at this point of the show, you're going to do something about it. I'll see you guys next time. Peace